whenever you're ready. Uh, good morning. It is now 11.01 a.m. My name is Anna Vandana, and this is a regular meeting of the Oversight Board for Monday, January 9th, 2023. I'd like to welcome the members of the public who are streaming or listening to us live and to the staff and guests who will be participating in today's meeting. Following the guidelines set forth by local and state officials during this health emergency, the members of the Oversight Board are meeting remotely to ensure the safety of everyone, including members of the public. Thank you all for joining us. Madam Secretary, please call the first item. Thank you, Madam Madam Chair. The first order of business is item one, roll call. Board members, please respond when I call your name. Board member Corrette. Present. Board member Lee. Here. Board member Williams. Present. Vice Chair Ely. Here. And Chair Van Degna. Here. All members of the board, the board are present. Please note that a seat for the city and county of San Francisco and the San Francisco Unified School District are vacant. Madam Chair. To comply with the recent state legislation and to allow us to continue to hold a teleconference meeting, I'd like to call item 5A out of order and make it the first item on the agenda. Madam Secretary, please call item 5A. The next order of business is item 5A, resolution making findings to allow teleconference meetings under California Government Code section 54953E, discussion and action resolution number 1-2023. Director Koslovsky. Thank you, Secretary Cruz and greetings members of the board. Um, and members of the public, uh, Director Thor Kozlowski, for the record. Uh, this item before you is related to teleconferencing authorization. Findings needed to be made to enable the board to meet remotely. Um, during the COVID emergency, uh, 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 the board and the commission was prevented from meeting uh, in person. <coughs> Excuse me one second. Excuse me. Was prevented uh, meeting emergent uh, meeting in person due to the COVID uh, protection measures. Um, the uh, Brown Act requires the oversight board to meet in person and have publicly accessible meetings available to the public. Uh, state legislation AB 361, which was passed in 2021, allowed for teleconferencing meetings like we're having today, but certain findings needed to be made in order for the board to continue to continue to meet in this teleconference manner. So today, no less than every 30 days, uh, uh, state of findings needed to be made. <coughs> Excuse me, one second. Having a little bit of a coughing fit. My apologies. Sorry, I think I'm ready now. Um, certain findings need to be made to allow the teleconferencing meetings to continue. Today, there's still a state of emergency uh, at the governor's level uh, that prevents uh, people for public safety reasons to be meeting in public. So the certain findings because of the state of emergency allows us to have this teleconferencing meeting today. However, we have heard an announcement from the governor's office that the COVID emergency standing order will be st stood down in February and that uh, in-person meetings will be required uh, beginning in March of this year. That concludes uh, the report on this item. Thank you. Thank you, Director Kozlowski. Fellow board members, do you have any questions or comments? Madam Secretary, do you have any members of the public who wish to speak on this item? At this time, if there are any members of the public wishing to comment on this item, please call 415-655-0001, enter access code 2484-109-6353, followed by the pound sign, then the pound sign again. When prompted, please press star three to be placed in the queue. If you're already listening to us by phone, Please press star three if you would like to provide a comment. 
If you are watching us through the WebEx app, please click the hand icon to submit a request to speak. Madam Chair, it does not appear there are any members of the public wishing to comment on this item. Okay, hearing no request to speak on the item, we'll move on. Board members, I will need a motion and a second for item 5A. So moved. Second. And was that board member Williams or Lee? Yes. Williams, great. Thank you. Thank you, board member Corrette. Uh, Madam Secretary, could you please take the roll? Yes, board members, please announce your vote for item 5A when I call your name. Board member Corrette. Aye. Board member Lee? Yes. Board member Williams? Aye. Vice Chair Ely? Yes. And Chair Van Degna? Aye. Madam Vice Chair, the vote is five ayes. Great, the motion carries. Uh, Madam Secretary, please call the next item. The next order of business is item two, approval of minutes. Regular meeting of September 26, 2022. Madam Chair. Do we have any comments on the minutes from the board members? I have a very small comment. Um, on page five, I believe the meeting would have been adjourned, adjourned by me, um, Chair Van Dagnan said a vice chair, um, Eli, that might've been a holdover. Okay, thank you. I will update that. Um, Madam Secretary, do we have any members of the public who wish to speak on this item? If there are any members of the public wishing to comment on the minutes from September 26th, please call 415-655-0001, enter access code 2484-109-6353, followed by the pound sign, then the pound sign again, when prompted, press, press star three to be placed in the queue. And if you're already, already listening to us by phone, please press star three on your mobile devices if you would like to provide public comment or find the raise hand icon on your computers if you're already, um, if you're watching us through the WebEx app. Madam Chair, it does not appear there are any members of the public wishing to comment on this item. Um, so, hearing no request to speak on the item, um, assuming this small administrative change board members, can I get a motion to approve the minutes? So moved. And I'll second that. This is Dark, uh, Dr. Lee. So, I think that was Williams and, or was that uh, Vice Chair? Oh, was that uh, Lydia Ely? Yeah, sorry, I'm on the phone. Great. Great. Um, Madam Secretary, could you please take roll call on this item? Board members, please announce your vote for item two when I call your name. Board member correct. Aye. Board member Lee? Yes. Board member Williams? Aye. Vice Chair Ely? Aye. And Chair Van Degna? Aye. Madam Chair, the vote is five ayes. Motion carries. Madam Secretary, please call the next item. The next order of business is item three announcements. A, the next regularly scheduled oversight board meeting is scheduled for Monday, January 23rd, 2023 at 11 a.m. B, announcement of public comment procedures. Please be advised that, that a member of the public has up to three minutes to make pertinent public comments on each agenda item unless the board adopts a shorter period on any item. During each public comment period, viewers online will be instructed to dial 415-655-0001. You'll be asked to enter the access code, which is 2484-109-6353. Press the pound sign twice to enter the call. And when prompted, press star three to submit your request to speak. When you dial star three, you will hear the following message. You have raised your hand to ask a question. Please wait to speak until the host calls on you. When you hear your line has been unmuted, this is your opportunity to provide your public comment. You will have three minutes. Please speak clearly and slowly, and you will be placed back on mute once you are done speaking. You can stay on the line and continue to listen to the meeting, but you can also choose to hang up. The next order of business is item four, consent agenda. There are no consent agenda items. 
The next order of business is the regular agenda. Agenda item number 5 B workshop on the recognized obligation payment schedule for July 1st, 2023 to June 30th, 2024. ROPS 23 to 24 discussion. Director Koslovsky. Thank you, Secretary Cruz and greetings again, oversight board members, members of the public. The item before you is a workshop on the state required recognized obligations payment schedule, which is a list of our expenditures in broad fashion uh, for the next fiscal year coming up, which is July 1st of this year until uh, June of 2024. The ROPS, as we call it, recognized obligations payment schedule, um, sums a total of approximately $750 million in potential spending for that period of time. And it'll be presented by Mina Yu, uh, the agency's budget and project finance manager. Mina. Thank you, Director Koslovsky. Uh, good morning, members of the board, Chair Van Degna, Vice Chair Ely. Again, my name is Mina Yu, and I, along with our project managers, will be presenting on our ROPS for the 23-24 fiscal year. Uh, next slide, please. Um, so we prepare our ROPS annually with our mission and strategic goals in mind uh, within Mission Bay, Transbay, and Shipyard Candlestick Point. We invest in these communities by accelerating delivery and access to new housing, especially affordable units. Uh, we create new public infrastructure and open spaces, maximize opportunities for local businesses and workers, and implement the wind down of activities under state redevelopment dissolution law. And within these three major approved project areas, we will be building approximately 22,000 new housing units, of which 30% will be affordable. Uh, we will be building 379 acres of park and open, open space, along with 13 million square feet of commercial space. Next slide, please. Um, so in 23-24, our major initiatives in Mission Bay include completing Park P22 and 1450 Owens, we will be designing Transbay Block 3 and Under Ramp Park. We will complete street acceptance on Helltop and complete Block 48 horizontal infrastructure. And in our housing program, we'll be funding Transbay 2 East and 2 West. We'll begin pre-development on Mission Bay South 12 West and 4 East. We'll begin construction on Shipyard 52, 54, and 56. And we'll continue construction on Mission Bay South 9A. Next slide, please. Um, so in our ROFs, we have our five funding sources, the first of which is bond proceeds from our bonds issued. We have reserve balances, which are property tax increment approved to be retained by DOF in prior year for use in the current year. We have our other funds, which are developer payments and grants. We have our RPTTF non-admin or our redevelopment property tax trust fund to fund enforceable obligations. And then we have our RPTTF admin, which is set by formula. Next slide, please. Um, so our 23-24 request totals $749.7 million, the largest of which is bond proceeds at 383, followed by other funds at 196.1 million. Next slide, please. So this table shows a year-over-year -year look at our ROPS by funding sources. And you can see in the bottom row, our increase is an 18% increase from the 22-23 ROPS. And the driver of this change is primarily the increase in bond proceeds. And we'll be using these proceeds to fund two affordable housing projects, our transit infrastructure projects, and then our 2016-D bond refunding. Um, other changes include an increase in other funds to fund various affordable housing projects. And then these are offset by a decrease in reserve balances and RPTTF non-admin and our decrease in RPTTF admin. Next slide, please. So this table shows our ROPS request broken out by our use types. And our largest use type is our affordable housing program followed by Transbay. Next slide, please. So this table shows the year over year changes by our uses. And then this change is primarily driven by an increase in the activity in our affordable housing portfolio, along with the increase in our debt program. Um, in the 23-24 fiscal year, we plan to issue three new bonds, including the 2016 DRE funding that I mentioned earlier. Um, so the debt service on these bonds are driving the change in the program, along with including the total outstanding amount for that 2016 DRE funding. 
And then other changes include an increase in Transbay due to our infrastructure projects, an increase in our operations due to our, our cost of living adjustment and work orders. And then these are offset by a decrease in Mission Bay and Hunters Point Shipyard Candlestick Point. Slide, please. Um, so this table pulls out the portion of our ROPS funded by RPTTF by use type. Um, this table reflects our general fund draw, and the majority of these funds will be used to pay for our debt service at 92.4 million. This is followed by our RPTCF pledge to TJPA at 34.5. Uh, we serve as a pass-through entity and remit the RPTCF generated in the state-owned parcels to the TJPA annually. And then we will also be using our RPTCF to pay for an affordable housing project operations and then our Hunters Point Shipyard Candlestick Point pledge. Next slide, please. Then this table shows our year-over-year -year RPTCF request, and you can see in the bottom line, we are requesting a reduction of 3.5% from the 22-23 ROPS. Uh, the primary driver for this decrease is the reduction in the request for RPTCF for infrastructure reimbursements in Mission Bay, and then a decrease in our projections for the TJPA pledge. Uh, we also have a decrease in the amount requested for our operations as we've identified uh, funding sources alternative to RPTCF, and these decreases are offset by an increase in um, RPTC for affordable housing loan, the growth in the shipyard pledge, and then the estimated debt service on the new bonds that we plan to issue. Um, and with that, I will turn it over to Elizabeth Colomello for our affordable housing program. Good morning, Chair Van Degna, Vice Chair Ely, board members, Elizabeth Colomello here, housing program manager. Next slide, please. So for ROPS 2324, housing is requesting a total of $364 million to fund pre-development and construction activities for our affordable housing projects. As you can see, the primary sources requested are bond proceeds and other funds. Other funds mainly consist of in-lieu fees, which are payments from developers that have been made pursuant to various project or program requirements over the years and which are designated for affordable housing use. Bond funds make up the majority at 178.5 million, and the funds requested will primarily go to fund permanent loans for three of our affordable housing projects, along with two new pre-development loans. Next slide, please. Housing's ROPS 2324 requests includes funding for projects across our three main project areas of Hunters Point Shipyard and Candlestick Point, Mission Bay, and Trans Bay, with the highest expenditure in Trans Bay of 229 million followed by Hunters Point Shipyard, Shipyard Candlestick Point at 100 million, and then Mission Bay at 34 million. Next slide. In total, OCI's housing ROPS request will go to fund 1,934 units of affordable housing in development across our three project areas. 228.9 in Transbay will go to fund 537 units, 100 million in the shipyard will go to fund 517 units, and 34 million in Mission Bay will go to fund 880 units. Next slide, please. Here you can see all the projects that will be funded under this ROPS. For our ongoing projects in the shipyard phase one and Trans Bay, we've included gap loans with some allowances for increases due to state funding and other delays, and we've included new pre-development loans for two remaining Mission Bay parcels. I wanted to note that OCI is seeking legislation to increase its obligation to fund and develop affordable housing on these two remaining parcels so that the density of the affordable housing is consistent with the appropriate zoning of the parcels and addresses the city's need for affordable housing. The unit counts here should reflect that increase and these developers wouldn't be brought on board until after the um, legislation is signed. We are, we're showing the remaining pre-development funds for our two candlestick point projects that are currently on hold. Um, we just continue to carry that on our ROPS. Um, that's it for my portion of the presentation. I'm gonna turn it over to Mark Sledskin to talk about Mission Bay. Thank you. Thank you, Elizabeth. Good morning, uh, Chair Mandigna, Vice Chair Ely, Board Members and Director Koslowski. I'm Mark Sledskin, Project Manager for Mission Bay. Uh, on this slide, you have some renderings and pictures of Mission Bay. In the top right, you see an aerial of Mission Bay and how built out we are after over 20 years. In the bottom right is Park P-22 is the Bayfront Park that is right along the shore, uh, just east of the Chase Center. And we're excited that that should be completing construction in late summer, early fall. On the left, 1450 Owens is a life science building being built by ARE. 
uh, that should be construction should be completed in spring of 2024. And then in the top left is part P2P8, where we hope to begin construction this summer and finish by the end of the fiscal year. Next slide, please. So the total budget for Mission Bay is 43.6 million. The vast majority of the funds is 38.5 million for the infrastructure work we were planning to do in Mission Bay. Uh, the 38.5 breaks out into 35.8 million in bond proceeds, and that will be for infrastructure work happening in Mission Bay South. Uh, the reserves is for infrastructure work in Mission Bay North, uh, and then other funds is for infrastructure uh, is the interest on the bond proceeds in Mission Bay South. Uh, the Department of Finance has requested that we break that out in our reporting. Uh, the next category is professional services. The majority of that is for public works and other city agencies to oversee the uh, infrastructure work. Uh, the 3.2 bond proceeds will be for work in Mission Bay South. The 0.2,200,000 will be for work in Mission Bay North. Uh, and then for the other funds uh, that breaks out, some of the funds are for the private developers who reimburse us directly for the oversight, as well as uh, some of the funds will be used to do entitlement work um, that Elizabeth discussed earlier on blocks 12 West and 4 East. Final uh, category is the art program. Uh, we've received uh, over a million dollars in in lieu fees from developers who did not provide their own public art, and we are currently uh, working with the Arts Commission to create uh, public art sculptures in the future Art P2, P8. Next slide, please. So overview, as we discussed, obviously the infrastructure work, we have lots of parks we're building, we have a pump station, and then still some remaining work in streets. Our goal is obviously completing P2, P22, again, the large 5.5 acre park, as well as P2, P8. We'll have the life science building be completed next fiscal year. And then as we discussed, we're working to increase entitlements for additional affordable housing in Mission Bay. As we discussed, the infrastructure is 3.8 million, professional services 4.1 million, and the art program is a million. Um, that is the program for and budget for Mission Bay. Uh, next up will be Ben Brandon, the Trans Bay Project Manager. Thanks, Mark. Good morning, Chair Van Degna, Vice Chair Ely, and board members. I'm Ben Brandon, Transbay Project Manager, and I'm going to walk you through the fiscal year 23-24 Transbay Redevelopment Project Area Sources by Uses and Work Program. As evidenced by this slide um, in front of you now, you can see that a large part of the Transbay work in the coming fiscal year will be focused on moving forward our Block 3 and Under Ramp Park projects, as well as readying the former Transbay, uh, temporary Transbay Terminal site for future development as two mixed-use residential projects uh, that will be surrounding a new one-acre park. Uh, next slide, please. In ROPS uh, fiscal year 23-24, OCII will request DOF authority for a budget up to a $153 million to continue our work uh, in the Transbay project area. While the numbers here reflect that infrastructure is the primary use of our Transbay budget funds in the coming fiscal year, it's important to clarify um, that we do not anticipate expending uh, $118 million in full. The large sum is driven by our expectation to issue bonds in the coming fiscal year uh, to fund the construction of our two park projects, the first of which we expect will break ground um, in the first half of the next fiscal year, so by the end of uh, this calendar year. Therefore, the largest true expenditure um, in fiscal year 23-24 uh, will be the Transbay Joint Powers Authority pledge at nearly $34 million. Um, the TJPA pledge is codified by the Tax Increment and Sales Proceeds Pledge Agreement, which irrevocably commits net, net tax increment and sales proceeds from formerly state-owned parcels to the Salesforce Transit Center. Consistent with this agreement in uh, ROPS fiscal year 23-24, OCII will transfer the pledged RPTTF non-admin to the TJPA to fund the transit center project. We do expect to focus heavily on advancing our block three and under rent park projects next year uh, by advancing uh, their design documentation. 
Our primary sources covering uh, our 23-24 Transbay work are bond proceeds and our PTTF dollars. And again, those sources are covering our park projects and the TJPA pledge respectively. The $10 million in other funds is comprised of $6.9 million in Transbay park fees, uh, a half million dollars in private developer reimbursements, and then $2.6 million in prior year cash. Next slide, please. Regarding the Transbay work program for the upcoming fiscal year, the key activities, again, will be focusing uh, on advancing uh, the design of our two park projects, as well as facilitating the development of our two mixed-use residential projects at Transbay Block 2 and 4. The Transbay Block 2 uh, project is 100% affordable housing development for seniors and families, and Transbay Block 4 is a mixed-income uh, high-density housing project. We'll also be actively managing the interim activation of the former te uh, temporary terminal site and our Essex Hillside open space property. To fund these activities, we're requesting nearly $118 million for infrastructure covering pre-development work on our two park projects and the bond issuances to fund their construction, as well as ensuring the plant health for our recently redesigned Folsom streetscapes. We've requested an additional $1.2 million um, to fund uh, the consultants that support our projects and nearly $34 million um, to fund the TJPA pledge. That wraps up the transmit portion of, their, of this presentation, and I'll now turn things over to my colleague, Lila Hussein, to provide the overview of the Hunters Point Shipyard and Candlestick Point project areas. Thank you. Good morning, commissioners. Um, this is Lila Hussein, Senior Project Manager for Hunters Point Shipyard. Um, Candlestick Point, I'm here to present on Shipyard Phase 1 and Phase 2. And before you, you have the map of which Shipyard Phase 1 cons uh, consists of two major sort of land areas where there's development. And then Shipyard Phase 2 is the larger part that is currently uh, undergoing uh, Navy retesting work um, for the majority of the property. And then we have Candlestick to the south. Next slide. So the uh, the majority of our budget is the primary source is other and other means developer reimbursement and similar to what my previous colleagues had stated um, we have infrastructure the same similar categories um, and the infrastructure is the largest category consisting of 5.6 million covering um, the the infrastructure review associated with the project as well as any consultant help that is needed to support that infrastructure review for not only the design side, but also the acceptance side. Uh, the second category of professional services consists of several line items that are for design review, outside legal support, as well as environmental uh, support for, the, for our ongoing review of Navy-related uh, documents that we participate in with the other federal regulators. And then we have the community benefits dollars um, that consist of community benefit contribution from shipyard phase one developer, as well as the phase two developer. And the smallest category is the least payments to the Navy. And this consists of the artists who um, currently have studios on a parcel that is currently owned by the Navy, as well as SFPD leases a building over on shipyard phase two. And since that property is not owned um, by the city yet, those payments go to the Navy from the tenants. Next slide. So our work, work program overview consists of a development of four, four blocks that are in shipyard phase one, three of which are affordable housing blocks. Um, which consists of 185 affordable units. And uh, another part of our work program is managing phase one parks. As you know, the developer is obligated to build the improvements. And uh, once they have completed the improvements, they transfer remaining responsibility over to OCII. Um, and that so, some of that work is underway and more of that work will occur in this upcoming year. Um, the same thing goes for street acceptance um, on on the first phase of Hunters Point Shipyard Phase One. None of the streets have yet to be accepted by the city, and we, uh, the developer, as well as several city agencies, including OCI, 
are working together to get the screens accepted by the city, which includes a lot of inspection and review and checklists. And so that is a, a, a will be part of our work program. Um, uh, we are also working with the developer on completing the horizontal infrastructure to support the second phase of development for the shipyard phase one. And that consists of infrastructure that will support 404 new homes. Uh, there's a lot of permit processing associated with um, the, that infrastructure. And so we are in the midst of that and that is expected to continue uh, throughout the year. Um, the next piece I mentioned previously is community benefits agreement. This is um, the, the OCI in partnership with the Legacy Foundation uh, who oversees the distribution of community benefits fund. Um, we will be working with them to disperse some more funds this year. This is to support scholarship, contractor assistance, and uh, recognizing community heroes in the Bayview and neighborhood dialogues and we have been working on part of that and we continue to we will continue to work on that with the legacy foundation and another major component of our work is monitoring the navy's retesting and cleanup activities um, this is uh this consists of work that oci as well as our consultants and our partner agency the department of public health work on together to review the the various documents um, that come out of the Navy and the federal regulators to, in anticipation that at some point the parcels will be ready for transfer, but there's a lot of work that goes on on a monthly basis related to this, to this scope. Um, the breakdown is, as I stated, uh, the largest category being infrastructure and professional services being the next and community benefits consisting of both phase one and phase two community benefit contributions and the smallest piece consists of lease payments to the Navy for Parcel B Artist Studios and SFPD's lease on uh, which we call Building Successes. Uh, with that, I will hand it over back to Mina to talk about debt service. Thank you. Thanks, Lila. Uh, next slide, please. So our debt program is $151 million. The largest use of these funds is across the top row, the debt service on our existing bonds. We have a portfolio of about 20 bonds. Uh, 3.1 million in bond proceeds reflect the last payments on um, our 1998C and 1998D bonds. And then the 80 million reflects the remainder of the debt service schedule. Um, we also have 12.4 million estimated for our new bond debt service on new bonds that we'll be issuing um, we have 48.1 million for the 2016 d refunding so the 45.8 million are the outstanding proceeds and 2.3 reflects the interest on these bonds. Um, we are required to put the remaining bond amount on the ROPS for refunding as these funds must be reflected as an expenditure on our expenditure as on our ROPS, which is why we put the, the full amount there uh, we have 4.6 million in the hotel occupancy tax refunding payment, and then we have 2.7 million for the estimated cost of issuance on those three new bonds. Next slide, please. <clears throat> so again, as I mentioned, we have three new bonds that we are planning to issue. The total principal is 153.7 million dollars. This includes 137.3 million for the total project funds, a 2% cost of issuance, and a 10% reserve. We are estimating a rate of 7% over 30 years. Uh, for Transbay, the 37 million tax allocation bond will be used to fund Transbay Block 3 Park. And our affordable housing bond will be used to fund our Transbay Block 4 affordable housing project. And then the Mission Bay refunding will be used to pay for Mission Bay South infrastructure work. Next slide, please. So our operations, next slide, please. Our operations total $26.4 million. Um, the largest sources are other funds followed by RPTTF non-admin. Next slide, please. So this 26.4 million consists of 10.5 for existing staff salaries and benefits. This reflects 
uh, 55 FTE positions, which, which we've had no change for about the past four or five years. Um, it has 12.6 million in non-labor costs and 3.3 million in retiree obligations. Next slide, please. So this table shows a year-over-year -year change in our operations. Um, the total change is an increase of $0.9 million from the 22-23 ROPS. And this is largely driven by the increase um, in our COLA and vacation cash allowance per the MOA. And it also is due to increased healthcare and benefit costs. Um, our non-labor increase is due to our work orders with city departments, property insurance costs, along with our bond administrative costs. And these are offset by a decrease in our actuarial liability schedule. Um, next slide, please. So this table shows the breakdown of our non-labor expenditures. Uh, we have grant agreements for enforceable obligations that existed prior to June 20, 2011 under redevelopment dissolution law. We also are spending on work orders with our city development partners and have various expenditures such as professional services, other current expenses, insurance, and software and information technology. And these legal service costs reflect um, costs that are for general legal services. The, the project-specific legal costs are embedded within their ROPS lines. Next slide, please. So this table shows the breakdown of our work orders with our city development partners, um, city department par partners, rather. Uh, the largest is with MoCD, followed by um, ADM. Next slide, please. So this table shows the calculation for our RPTCF admin. Um, this is based off of the 22-23 actual RPTCF non-admin distribution, less the 22-23 RPTCF admin, less any prior city and county local payments. And then we take 3% off of that subtotal to give us the 23-24 RPTCF admin, which is about 3.5 million. Um, next slide, please. So we are retiring five lines in our ROPS and four of these reflect completion of payments or grant spend downs. Um, the top four are reflected there. And then the line 435 in the bottom row reflects an infrastructure bond issuance that was delayed from the 22-23 year to the 23-24 year to be replaced with uh, line 437. Next slide, please. So as I mentioned, we have three bond issuances and these three new lines reflect um, the estimated debt service payment for each of those bond issuances. Next slide, please. So in December 2022, the mayor issued her budget instructions requesting a 5% decrease in general fund support to address the controller's office deficit uh, calculations. And so while our budget is technically a separate entity, we often track um, with what the city does and uh, abide by the mayor's budget instructions. And so our general fund support is limited to the RPTTF revenue source of our ROPS. And we have already reduced our RPTTF requests um, within our operations by 1.3 million and are using other funds to uh, supplant these funds. Next slide, please. Additionally, we are evaluating our RPTTF support for any further cost savings. Um, so as I mentioned, our RPTTF admin is determined by formula and our debt service and our retiree health and pension obligations are long-term obligations that we cannot reduce. Um, our pledges for affordable housing loans and infrastructure reimbursements <clears throat> reflect mayoral priorities. And so there's a remaining 6.1 million that we are evaluating for cost savings within our operations, uh, particularly within our vacancies and our non the non-labor portion of our budget. Next slide, please. Um, so we're here before you today presenting the workshop and then we'll be presenting this same workshop to the commission next week. We'll incorporate any feedback that we receive today and next week and be back before you with the action item on the 25th. And then pending your approval, we will be submitting our ROPS to the Department of Finance before February 1st. Um, and that concludes our presentation. Um, thank you everyone for your presentation today. I will turn to my fellow board members for questions. Um, this is Lydia Ely again. I'm on the phone and I do have a question if I um, may ask it. Chair Andegna? Uh -huh. 
Okay, great, thanks. Um, so I had a question about how the um, ROPS obligations are depicted for the affordable housing projects. So I, I'm looking at slide 15 that lists the number of existing loans and new loans. And by the way, I just want to say how thrilled I am that all these affordable projects are moving forward, um, especially the, the two projects at the shipyards that have been um, waiting patiently for bond allocations from the state. So um, very, very excited uh, to see those finally moving forward. But specifically, um, I'm looking at the slide and I see two categories of loans, existing loans and new additional loans. So I'm just trying to understand if, if the existing loans were already captured in prior year ROPS requests, are they shown here as a new, um, are they net new amounts or are they just being carried over? Um, and how does that, how does that work? Like how do we know what's new and what's, um, and what is a repeat of what we've seen before? Thank you, Lydia. This is uh, Elizabeth, if it's okay, I can answer that question. Um, the, existing, the existing loans here all reflect um, loans for which we have the funding approved um, and are, are just being carried over. We need to show them on the ROPS because we'll be spending them or maybe spending them down during the ROPS period. Um, so those loans are not are, are not new. We're not seeking new um, funding for those loans. It just reflects existing loans that are carrying over through this ROPS period. Mina, did you have any anything I missed there? Um, no, it's a it's a requirement for us, particularly with pre-development loans, that we have to request that authority um, annually. The construction loans, the authority can carry over year over year, but I believe that um, what is listed as existing, we did receive priority in prior years. And so we are just, um, I believe that there might've been some funding changes be, that we went through during the ROPS amendment process. And so that is reflected in the existing loans of this, this slide. This is, this is Thor. And just to be clear, these were all on previous ROPSs, 22-21, for example. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. So again, this is Lydia again. So the net, so the net new. So is there anything on this slide 15 that has not been on a previous ROPS? Uh, yes, all the all the um, the Transbay two west to east block four, Mission Bay south block twelve and four east and nine a. All of these are new okay. approvals that we are seeking. Okay, great. All right, thank you. Right where it says new. Okay, <laughs> thanks. Um, so I guess you know to to take it a step further. So you know, um, hundred and fifteen million or so of this total three sixty four we've already seen in prior years. So the net. The net request of new funds is really more like 250 million ish. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay, great. Thank you. Uh, thank you for um, taking my question. And then I believe board member Williams also had a question. Yes. Thank you chair. Um, uh, first of all, I just want to second the comments about how exciting it's to see to see all the affordable units that are moving forward and really, really, really great and so timely knowing how much affordable housing we need looking at the housing element um, in San Francisco. Just for my first question would be on that around the housing element. In your mind, what does this sort of um, contribute to sort of getting us moving the needle on where we need to be in terms of affordable housing production um, in San Francisco? And is there any interface that's happening um, with the planning department and some of the other folks who are working on that on that effort. Yes, I can take that. Thank you very much. Um, yes, we have these numbers are incorporated into the um, the housing element. So I've worked with the planning department to ensure that the the units that we're producing um, are are reflected in our in our housing element, um, the current one that's in place. So we do we do collaborate. Yes. 
Great, thank you so much. And then my second question is just around the commercial commercial space um, issues that we're seeing right now um, in, ter in terms of getting leases for commercial space um, in San Francisco and just seeing a reduction of usage of commercial space. Is there any ability or any thinking, any thinking and ability to kind of shift our priorities around commercial space given that you know, we're already looking at the commercial space that we have in the city and really trying to think about how do we get that leased out? How do we sort of um, make use of what we have um, currently? So just was wondering if there's any conversation around that, because it is a substantial amount that we are investing in this plan and just knowing we still have quite a bit um, to do with our existing spaces. I don't know who that would be a question for. <laughs> Maybe for director. I, I, I could yeah. I could take a little bit of it, and then um, Elizabeth, maybe you can speak to the different marketing strategies that um, developers deploy in occupying the commercial spaces. Um, first of all, we we prioritize uses related to the development. So, uh, in one of the projects um, that you'll that you'll hear you've heard about it, at least in Transbay uh, Block Two, for example, has some ground floor childcare uh, dedicated to the family portion of the of the project. And so you have that uh, one of our other projects in Transbay, for example, has um, there's a lot of desire to have commercial uses, maybe a neighborhood grocery store, or other kinds of uh, uh, retail amenities. And so there's space there, I think about 8000 square feet uh, dedicated for that. So it's usually um, developed around and sized around um, needs in the community, but also some of the revenue needs of the project itself. Um, and so we work with the developer who runs usually the property management, who will do recruitment in terms of getting small businesses. Mercy in particular, who's running one of these projects has a very good track record of getting uh, local organizations and community serving uses into the space. Um, and so that's one of the elements. The other part of it is we work closely with the city departments, the mayor's office of housing and community development, uh, when they're having organizations who are getting grants along with the Office of Economic and Workforce Development with their small business uh, commission, for example, that is trying to get small businesses to occupy uh, areas where we're being located. Thank you so much. So it sounds like there's a, a good solid plan for making use of those um, commercial spaces to come based on sort of community needs, as well as um, working with our city, city folks to be able to identify some opportunities. Yeah for small businesses to get in those spaces. So that's awesome. Um, it doesn't mean there aren't vacancies, unfortunately. But of course. <laughs> we try. Absolutely. Um, other two questions. The first one is debt concern. Um, so, I mean, is this sort of our debt servicing? Is this kind of an expected amount that we would be looking at, irregardless of sort of where we are in the climate for servicing the debt um, on this bond program? Is that sort of typical, what the amount that we're seeing, or has it shifted due to other factors? Um, yes, yeah, so our assumption has always been 7% for, for as long as I can remember with our debt program, and this has typically been beyond what the rates actually were. Like a couple years ago, rates were very historically low, and so we always had some savings when we did those issuances. Um, now it is inching a bit closer to the 7%. I think the last time I checked in with John Daigle, our debt manager, it was around 5, 5.5% for the debt issuances. So. We are coming a little bit close to our kind of our baseline percentage that we use to assume what these what the debt service looks like over time. Um, but yes, it, the rates have gone up. We are sort of accounting for that. We are keeping a close eye on what those rates look like as we go through our um, issuance process. And then, you know, Transbay and the affordable housing bonds, these are new bond issuances that we do have very real project needs for. So we will be proceeding with those issuances. Um, the 2016 D refunding, because it is a refunding, we do have to demonstrate that it, there is a financial savings. But because you know rates in 2023 will be higher than 2016 D, it, there might not necessarily be a savings. So it sort of depends upon what market conditions look like, and we are working with our our bond team to um, do that analysis and to to really test if there is a savings and. It's sort of it's sort of on the cusp right now. It's sort of on the fence, and so if we can't actually demonstrate that savings, um, the Department of Finance will sort of push back on the issuance. But we do have to do our due diligence. We are sort of um, doing the study. We are seeing whether it is feasible. Um, but otherwise, yeah, the, we are kind of inching closer to that seven percent rate. But that is that has typically been the assumption that we have held um, 
over time for issuances. Right. So there's no expectation that we would kind of cross that ceiling at some point looking ahead or, and if so, is there sort of contingency or other things that we can employ to make sure that that doesn't take away from like other parts of the program? Right. I mean, we are keeping a close eye on kind of what the Fed is issuing and they do plan to raise interest rates slightly so far as we can tell in 23, 22, 2023. So we are keeping a close eye on that. Um, if, if the rates do increase beyond what our, you know, what we've sort of planned for within our um, our programming, we we will. I think we will look for alternative funding sources to supplement some of the um, the funding that we'll need for our parks and our affordable housing program. And we do have some options, as Elizabeth mentioned. We do have developer fees that come in, so we may be able to supplement some of that. Uh, we do have some RPTTF pledge to affordable housing from the city, so we may be able to request some of that. But currently, I think we feel comfortable proceeding with the 7% rate that we have. Okay, thank you so much. And very, very last question is around the Navy Director uh, testing. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, if I could just add just one more oh. thing. I just uh, wanted to assure the board that, um, you know, the debt uh, and whatever the rates are at the time, uh, the debt is necessary for the affordable housing production. Um, if rates do start to continue to, to increase, uh, there's a point, hopefully, that they'll stabilize and stop increasing, and that'll become the new debt rate just around the country. Uh, and that'll be the environment, which we've operated in previously and produced affordable housing and produced infrastructure in those time periods. It will be just more expensive to do so. Um, and so I just wanted to mention that, although that's a sort of point in uh, reference for us in terms of bond issuance target interest rates, um, Rates have exceeded that in the past, and if they get stuck at that place, we'll still have to produce affordable housing and infrastructure to complete the projects in our project areas. Thank you. And of course, my last question on just the Navy um, testing timeline, very much interested around how that's all moving forward. And if we feel like things are on schedule in terms of um, kind of closing the loop on all the work um, that the Navy is doing, uh, you know, for that parcel and um, yeah, just moving forward, that really exciting program. Um, Thor, to get, I'll speak to this. Um, Please go ahead. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Um, so Lila Hussain again. Um, so they're they're definitely moving along. It is not moving along um, at the pace we originally thought it would be. And they have they they share with us uh, biannually these schedules, and we noticed the most recent one has has a real push out. And one of the discussions we plan to have. With the Navy is how can we find some efficiencies without sacrificing the quality of the retesting? Because some of the delays are more related to what we've heard is contracting issues, internal, not not about the actual work itself. So we we would like to engage on those types of conversation on how uh, some of the you know you know every agency has their own procedure, so they have a set of rules they need to follow. But we definitely have has have seen. The schedule shift most recently on their timeline to complete certain parcels um, by a couple of years. So, great. Thank you so much. And I'll pass it back to the chair. Thank you. Thank you, board member Williams. Uh, questions from other board members? I, um, I just had a very minor question. Um, on page 24 of the, um, uh, <clears throat> presentation, <clears throat> as I said, it's very minor, but, um, does the police department reimburse OCII for building 606 rents? Yes, they do. We, we invoice them and then we hand over the money okay. to. And then. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, and then uh, the uh, it just also occurred to me that um, the uh, 55 FTE for the uh, running of the agency is is not going to be decreasing. That's going to be stable. Uh, um, Director correct. Yeah, as of right now, um, that is the plan. Um, the mayor uh, in her in her instructions, her budget instructions to the department heads. I believe it was in December, um, was seeking a net reduction in expenses. 
5% in the first year and 8% in the second year. Um, they've advised to not reduce expenses along the, the, the areas of the mayor's priority, for example, affordable housing, homeless reduction in other areas, um, and, to not, and to fill any vacancies in those areas. Most of our vacancies are in those areas, so we would not seek to reduce the number of vacancies that we have uh, as a cost-saving measure. But we do hold that out as a potential, although not likely. Thank you. No other questions? Um, I think a couple of smaller questions, I think, from Mina. Uh, going back to slide number eight, um, kind of expanding on what Director Williams is asking. For the 2016 DRA funding, so for that one, if um, so I noted just in the, it said it's in the column that's showing the increase, but if, if because of market conditions, uh, a refunding would result in an increase in debt service, is that something that OCI would still look to move forward with, or uh, would you put that on hold? Um, if, if it ends up that there is no cost savings, we will not move forward with it. Um, this is per the Department of Finance's guidelines that there must be a demonstrated savings. So, yeah, we would not we would not move forward with it. Thank you. Um, and then the next question on slide 10, see the um, decrease for TJPA revenues. Is that due to a decrease in TJPA needs or was that due to a decrease in like assessed value and, and resulting tax increment? Yeah, so it was actually a decrease because our projections in 22-23 came in high. And so we just received our January 2023 distribution. And based off of that, we wanted to fine tune our projections and bring the 23-24 number down closer to what, what reality was. Because I think it was inflated by, maybe, I think, about $7 million. And we just didn't want to um, overstate what the TJP would be requesting. Or receiving rather. Thank you. Let's see. Any other questions from board members? Madam Secretary, uh, do you have any members of the public who wish to speak on this item? If there are any members of the public wishing to comment on this item, please call 415 655 0001 and to access code 2484. 1096353. Press the pound sign twice to enter the call, then press star three to submit your request to speak. If you are on the already on the phone with us and would like to provide public comment, please press star three on your mobile devices. And if you joined us through the WebEx app, please locate the raise hand icon. Press that to submit your request. Madam Chair, it does not appear there are any members of the public wishing to comment on this item. Um, hearing no uh, request to speak on the item, um, board members, since this is a workshop item, no action will be required today. Staff will be back later this month for board approval. Madam Secretary, please call the next item. The next order of business is item seven, new matters for future consideration. Madam Chair. Um, there are no new matters for future consideration. So please and the next, sorry, the next order of business is item seven, public comment on non-agenda items. Madam Chair. Yes. Do you have any, Madam Secretary, do you have any members of the public who wish to speak on this item? And again, if there are any members of the public wishing to comment on any items, please call 415-655-0001, enter access code 2484-109-6353 followed by the pound sign, then the pound sign again, then press star three. If you're already on the phone, please press star three to submit your request. And if you join us through the WebEx app, please locate the raise hand icon. And Madam Chair, it does look like there is someone who wants to provide a comment. So let me go ahead and unmute them. Hello. Um, uh, hi, hello. 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 Hi there, go ahead, please. Oh, hi. Um, hi, my name is uh, Virginia Molina. Uh, I'm a resident in the Mission uh, Bay um, 
and I am a, a resident in one of the affordable housing units. And um, I would like to uh, request uh, for future consideration um, in, a, in the agenda to talk about the uh, need of um, parking for the affordable housing units since uh, we don't have the means to pay for parking uh, on the street, which is very expensive. Um, and uh, what I also would like to find out what solutions have been uh, discussed for this problem that um, we have uh, bring to, you know, to the city for over a year now. Thank you. Sorry, were you finished with your um, comment, Ms. Molina? Uh, yes, yes, I am. Okay, thank you. Uh, Madam Chair, we do not have any other members of the public wishing to comment. So hearing no further requests to speak on the item, I will close public comment. Madam Secretary, please call the next item. The next order of business is item eight, adjournment, Madam Chair. Board members, I'll need a motion and a second to adjourn. So moved. Thank you. I believe that was board member Williams in a second. Second from Lydia Ely. Thank you. All right. So the meeting is adjourned at 12.02 p.m. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.